You are listening to The Marketing Funnel Show, episode number 52. If you're trying to market and grow your business, chances are there are things standing in your way. Most of us think, if I can just figure out that magical marketing secret, I'll be successful. Well, today we're diving into a billionaire's mind, a self-made billionaire's mind, to see what she thinks about this. Welcome to the Marketing Funnel Show. I'm your host, Michelle Evans, and this is the podcast for coaches, experts, and online business owners to learn how to go from simply surviving to sold out using the power of marketing funnels. All right, let's jump into today's show. Well, hello and welcome to another great episode of the Marketing Funnel Show. I got a question for you. Do you know who Sarah Blakely is? If not, she is an incredible businesswoman, now a self-made billionaire who who invented Spanx. So, you know, for those ladies in the crowd, you probably know Spanx. For the men, it's undergarments that help us, you know, wear clothing without feeling all, I don't know, bunched up, I guess. And you know, it is so easy to tell ourselves stories about people who have achieved big success. Oh, she was lucky. Oh, he had all the connections. It was a different time back then. I could never look like her. I could never be as impressive as her. Oh, he had so much more support than I can ever hope to have. And on and on, right? These are ideas that run through our heads. That's why I love hearing origin stories from successful people themselves, like from their mouths, because I can see that Sarah Blakely, that Oprah, and all of our favorite success stories out there, they're just people. People like you and me. People who had an idea, maybe a crazy idea, but people who decided to dig in their heels and do the work to bring that crazy, nobody else believes in an idea to life. And I have to tell you, I, um, there is something so inspiring about seeing somebody who's been a success, who's invented something or created something or, you know, had a crazy idea that nobody believed in at first to see them talk about what they went through and how they worked through it is so motivating to me. And I hope it is to you. Because, you know, now I don't know many women who could imagine life without Spanx or their, you know, whatever the thing is. I mean, for those ladies in the crowd, like love it or hate it, Spanx is something that we probably can't imagine not having, right? Um, And I always told myself stories about Sarah. She's beautiful. She's thin. She's smart. She was already in sales. So clearly she was completely fearless, right? So when I saw a recent Inc. Women's Summit video of Sarah talking about everything she had to overcome to make Spanx into Spanx, including what her uh, runner-up product name was, I had to watch it. And I'm gonna link to that video in today's show notes. I highly encourage you to watch it as well. It's about 48 minutes long, I think. It's so good. You guys, even even you guys, but ladies for sure, watch it because she talks about some really, really great things. So let's dive into my five top takeaways. And then I really want you to go see it though, because 
I always thought of Sarah Blakely as like this untouchable person, but you know, on stage she's talking about how she has four kids under eight and how she sometimes has mommy brains. So her, you know, thoughts go away. She talks about how tough it was to date as a billionaire. Like there's, there's so many great things that she talks about, but my top five takeaways were number one, um, Sarah says, you know, you got to start with what am I good at and how can I create a different life for myself? And she starts by talking about, you know, when she started out her career, she was going door to door trying to sell fax machines. Yes, fax, F-A-X. You know, like these dinosaurs that are now outdated. That's what she was selling door to door when she first started. And her number one objection was, why would I want to buy a fax machine if the person who I want to send the fax to doesn't have one? Like, that's pointless. She had to overcome a lot of stuff going door to door, selling the stuff to businesses. She's talked about how she got kicked out of buildings by security and she had to, like, it just was crazy. And I was like, oh my gosh, I don't know if I would have been brave enough to do that. But, you know, she talks about how one day she pulls over on the side of the road like crying and just like, this is not the life I want for myself. Why, 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 why? And she got, and so that was my number one takeaway is, you know, what am I good at and how can I create something different for myself? Number two is she got clear on what that thing is and then what you want to do. So Sarah said that the only thing she was good at was sales. So as she's asking herself that the question, she's like, the only thing I am good at is sales because I don't give up. So she got super curious. Why did she like sales? Like these are great questions to ask yourself, right? Why, why did she like sales? Well, her number one reason was because she liked helping people see that they had, that she had a product they didn't know that they couldn't live without, right? And that once they bought that product, it dramatically improved their life. That was her driving force. And she wrote in her journal, I'm going to invent a product that I can sell to millions of people that will make them feel good. That is the genesis of Spanx that has made her a billionaire, right? She wrote in her journal, uh, the only thing I'm good at is sales. Why do I like sales? Because I like to dramatically improve people's lives. And so from that, she had this idea of, I'm going to invent a product. She had no idea what the product was. It wasn't until like two, two and a half years later that she got the idea for a product. But I'm gonna invent a product that I could sell to millions of people that will make them feel good. And now, you know, a couple decades later, that's exactly what she's done. And then she simply released it. She asked for inspiration from the universe with a super clear intention of, help me come up with a product that I can sell to millions of people that will make them feel good. Like how inspiring is that? You and I can do that right now. And the idea for Spanx came two, two and a half years later when she cut the feet out of her pantyhose to wear white pants to a party. So how is that for inspiration? Like she's doing something that probably thousands, if not millions of women have done over the years, cut the feet out of her, um, nylons, her pantyhose so that she could wear white pants to a party without, you know, a visible panty line. Like we're just going to get all up in the ladies undergarments today, but that's where her inspiration came from. And it was only because she set that intention of, I want to create a product 
that I can sell to millions of people that will make them feel good. So my question for you on this is, and for myself too, is are we clear on our thing? Do we know what that thing is? And and are we open to like these aha bolts of inspiration that come from just living our daily life? All right, my number three takeaway from her talk, do the work to prepare for the moment of inspiration. She talks a lot about doing her inner work. She talks about, you know, carving out time for herself. She talks about all sorts of stuff that she does to make sure that her inner work is preparing, it's getting her prepared for what's next. And she does that even now as a billionaire, but she definitely did that as a 25, 26, 27 year old, just hoping for this bolt of inspiration from the universe of what she could create, right? So she really talks about how she did the work to prepare for the moment of inspiration. And then she talks about being open to receive and listen to guidance. Um, Sarah talks about, you know, a really painful time in her past when her parents, she was a teenager and her parents were going through um, a pretty painful divorce. And her dad, uh, you know, as he's moving out of the house, comes and gives her this box of tapes, of, of audio tapes, you know, like the old school tapes, right, of Wayne Dyer. And if you don't know who Wayne Dyer was, um, he's passed away now, but he has an incredible body of work about how to really um, tap into your own inner guidance and stuff. So she was introduced to this at 16 years old. And it she got the... Um, the series, How to Be a No Limit Person. And I think she said it was like 10 audio tapes. So at the age of 16, it set the stage for living an entrepreneurial life because she was listening to these tapes over and over. In fact, she talks about how none of her high school friends wanted to ride in her car because she would make them listen to these tapes and they're like giving her a hard time about this stupid old guy that she's listening to all the time instead of, you know, music. And she said that from that um, Wayne Dyer, uh, How to Be a No Limit Person series, and you know what, I have to go find it on audio. I'm sure that it's probably on Audible or somewhere. I wanna listen to it, because I haven't heard that one. But she said that she got, you know, that you need to be ready to take risks, that you need to have deep courage and really not care what others think. And she started living that even in high school. You know, as, as her friends are making fun of her for listening to these tapes in her car, she didn't care. She was like, but this is helping me. And be willing to do things differently. Those were really helping to set the stage from when she was a teenager all the way through to when she was 27 and came up with Spanx. And those four keys were, those four things that she took away from the Wayne Dyer um, messages were so key in even helping her take her idea to market, to have to be a risk taker, to have courage, to not care what others think and to be willing to do things differently. Because she really found out and she'll, when you go uh, watch the video, you'll hear her talk about this. She had to take on an industry that really hadn't changed much and really did not care what women even wanted. And so she had to go deal with all these men who were used to dealing with men 
and try to sell them this new idea. She couldn't get anybody to even make her a prototype. And she talks about, you know, how she took a week of vacation off work on her own dime to go tour all of these um, garment factories, undergarment factories, and none of them would even really give her the time of day until, um, and so she came home not defeated, but frustrated, like, how can I take on this, this, how can I take on this industry that's, you know, blocking women and blocking innovation and doesn't really care about women. And um, because she was so courageous and so just convinced that she had a great idea, one of the factory owners, one of the garment factory owners went home and talked to his um, daughters, and I think his daughters were either, either like in their 20s or they were slightly older, but still, um, but still young enough to be around and to have influence on their dad, I guess. Um, and they were like, dad, that's a great idea. And so it wasn't until, um, you know, her excitement and her courage about her product you know, piqued this guy's interest enough to even go home and talk to his daughters about it. That's the only way she even got a prototype made. And so just, you know, this idea of taking a risk, of taking time off from your job, of going out there and pitching all these people who are probably thinking like, what do you know, little girl? You have no business here. And just to take, you know, courage and to be like, no, I'm not backing down. This is a great idea and you need to listen to me. That's how Spanx came to be. It didn't just fall into her lap. She did all the research and all the like hard work of getting out there and pitching and getting the nose. And so that was number five is, is be open to receive and listen to guidance. Be open to that inner work that you need to do. Be open to really being willing to do things differently and not care what others think. And then number five was what you don't know can be your number one greatest asset if you let it. Now, I hear this all the time from people when they're tackling marketing funnels, especially is, I don't know how to do you know X, Y, or Z. And Sarah says, you know what? You've got to let the self-doubt go because not knowing how everybody else does things can really help you stand out because it gives you permission to do it your way. And, you know, she says, what I didn't know meant that I did everything differently from everyone else in the industry. I wasn't waiting for permission. I wasn't going through the normal channels. I was just figuring out what I needed to do next and going after it. And she just used her gut and her intuition as her compass. And she talks about how she basically cold pitched um, a, a buyer at a big company and, and I mean, I, I don't want to ruin the story because I really would love for you to um, hear it. But basically she said, give me five minutes. And she flew from Florida to, I think, Houston or Dallas, somewhere in Texas. She says, give me five minutes and you won't regret it. And this buyer was like, all right, I'll give you five minutes. And this was like one of the top buyers at one of the top, top stores in the country. Really well known um, store. So she was just like, I am not going to give up. I am going to pitch this idea. And during her pitch, she says she started to lose the buyer. She could tell like 30 seconds, a minute in from the body language that the person was like, get, you know, like wrap this up. I'm done. 
And she did something so courageous and so amazing. And I don't want to ruin the punchline because I really want you to go see it. But basically she was just like, forget the pitch. We're going to go to the bathroom and I'm going to show you what this is really like. And you, you have to go watch her talk about it because I was just like, oh my gosh, would like what kind of negative self-talk would you have to be ready to combat when you see a huge opportunity in front of you with basically crossed arms, sitting back, you know, twiddling their fingers on their desk, like, ugh, wrap this up. And to be like, you know what, girlfriend, let's go to the bathroom. I'm gonna show you how this really works. That takes such courage and such, um, really not caring what others think. Like she just knew she wanted to get this product out. And I just loved this, this part of the interview. And I really hope that you go watch it because it is inspiring. I guarantee you there is nothing that you and I are doing that is, that is even a teensy tiny bit of that, but that's probably why we're not billionaires, right? She was willing to do whatever it took to get people to listen to her idea, to take her seriously, and to just give her a shot. Like that's all she was asking for is one shot. And you know, as we were going through this, I was like, well, of course, like Sarah's now a billionaire. She um, clearly has tons of success and all this stuff. And so the biggest revelation, the thing that really had my jaw drop was that Sarah says even now, she can have crippling self-doubt. Even with all her success, even with all those zeros in her bank account, Sarah admitted that she still struggles with doubt and fear. And so my friends, if she still struggles with doubt and fear as a self-made billionaire, of course you and I do. So her biggest piece of advice, the thing she says is holding so many people back from realizing their full potential like she has is our negative self-talk. It's our number one barrier to success. She tells that every time she talks, she anybody she mentors, anybody on her team, she's all about how to combat that negative self-talk because she says that's the only thing that is holding you back from success. So who else can relate to that? I mean, we all have at one time or another been held back by, you know, the mean girl or the mean guy in our head. The lies and the terrible things that go through our minds like, who am I to do this? Other people are so much better or so much further along or so much fancier or so much more proven than me. Or I'm not rich enough or I'm not good enough or I'm not talented enough or I'm not skinny enough or pretty enough or I'm not good at sales or I'm not good at technology or I'm not good at writing or you know, I'm not good at video or whatever it is. We all have crazy thoughts that go through our heads from time to time and the thing is, is that we can let those crazy thoughts take over and keep us back. Or we can say, you know what? I see you crazy thought and I'm going to up you something else. And she says how you up it by something else is to redefine failure. Failure is not the outcome. Failure is not the failed launch. Failure is not a failed Facebook ad. Failure is not an event that nobody comes to. Failure is not re is not, not reaching your sales goal. That's terrible grammar, but whatever. Failure is not, not reaching your goal, right? Failure is not trying. That's how Sarah defines failure. 
Failure is flat out not trying. Anything that involves trying is not failure regardless of what the outcome is. But when you don't try, when she doesn't try, she sees that as failure. And I just, like, at that moment, I rewound that part a couple times because I was like, oh my gosh, that, you know, I, I've been working on my own mental game for years and years now, but that's a piece I've heard before. But for some reason, how she said it and how she talked about it and all the proof that she has of the success that she has, knowing that even now, she does not define failure as an outcome. She doesn't define it by dollars. She doesn't define it by followers or anything like that. She defines it as not trying. And then she says, you know what? Here's the thing. People do not buy products. People don't buy Spanx. They buy the problem that you solve. And that is so true. And that is what a marketing funnel is all about, is helping people see that you are solving the problem that they have. And she says that, you know, if you focus on that, if you focus on knowing what what's the problem that you solve and then really do that inner work so that that mean guy or mean girl in your head is not holding you back, that is critical to our own success. So just in the last uh, couple minutes here, I wanted to share with you a few of my own favorite inner work resources. Like I have tons. This is something I do all the time. So one is James Wedmore's Mind Your Business podcast. It, this one is a must listen. Some of his podcast episodes I've listened to, you know, 10 or more times. Um, it's a great podcast. I highly recommend it. Another one is to do visualizations. What is it that you really want? Like Sarah, you know, when she was pulling over on the side of the road when she was 25 selling faxes door to door, you know, she had kind of this desire, this like, how can I, I want to invent a product that helps millions of people, right? That's a form of, of getting a visualization. Like this is what my intention is. She didn't say, I want to become a billionaire. She didn't say, I want to be, um, one of the most successful female entrepreneurs in the world. She didn't say, I want to be on Inc and fortune. And I, you know, like, I want everybody to know my name. What she said is, I want to invent a product that helps millions of people. And uh, just coming from that place where you're solving a problem and you do that inner work and then just do the visualization of, you know, I'm open to this, this can happen. So important. And then meditations. Uh, YouTube has so many good ones that are free. Um, Deepak and Oprah run their 21 day meditation challenges a lot of times during the year. And some of those are some of my favorites to do as well. And then, um, finding and building courage. So this is a tougher one because you have to be willing to do things that scare you a lot, all the time. You have to be willing to pitch your idea. You have to be willing to show up. You have to be willing to, you know, take a stance. Like there's just... For all of us, what scares us are different, right? Depending on our background and our personalities and all that stuff. But, you know, if, if you're actively avoiding something um, for, you know, a lot of great reasons that you can come up with in your head, I want you to get really, really clear on, can I do the thing that scares me? Can I pitch my idea? Can I do a Facebook Live? Can I you know, create a marketing funnel, even though it scares me? Can I come up with a new offer that maybe nobody in my, 
market niche has done. You know, just find and do things that scare you, that really help grow you and stretch you so that you're ready for that next step. And then the last thing is writing my be, do, have. And I first learned from this, this from Denise Duffield Thomas, but I know a lot of people who teach about um, self-improvement, the law of attraction, all that kind of stuff, talk about this. Who do I need to be? Then what do I need to do? And what do I want to have? But first start with who do I need to be? Because a lot of us start with the doing, right? I need to invent this product. But Sarah was like, you know what? I I need to do things that scare me. I need to get out there and I need to be open to inspiration. And I need to have this idea that I want to invent a product that I can sell to millions of people that will change their lives, make their lives better. So who do I need to be? I need to be somebody who pays attention, who asks questions, who looks for guidance, who does meditation. Like I, the, a lot of those are do's as well, but I need to be a person who pays attention. I need to be willing to um, stretch and grow myself. Like who do I need to be, right? Okay, so my big question for you is this. Isn't it time to topple some of those I'm not ready yet ideas in your head and figure out how to create your first profitable marketing funnel that can really help you get the word out there about the product, the service, or the, or the program that you have so that you can bring clients in? Like a lot of times, you know, people will say, well, I'm not quite ready yet, or, you know, I don't, I don't have all my ducks in a row, or, you know, it's, it's just not a good time. And I'm just like, it's never going to be a good time. You have to be willing to be the person to say, I am so ready to commit to my audience, to my idea, to my offer, that I'm going to put some systems in place to help people figure out if this is right for them. That's what a marketing funnel does. So if you're ready to do that, jump on over to today's show notes to take the marketing funnel quiz. You'll um, be able to discover your perfect marketing funnel in just a few simple questions. And I'll even give you some free training plus some, you know, inspirational ideas on how to get that funnel up and running fast so that you know how to make this work for you. All right. I hope you have an amazing week and, you know, I hope that you try something new, try something that scares you, try, you know, just what, what could be courageous for you to just get out there and serve people a little more. I hope you take that step this week. So I'll see you here next week, same time, same place on another great episode of the Marketing Funnel Show. Talk then. 